Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I didn't. I wasn't actually looking at my screen. Did you wave, Tommy? I saw Katie's wave. You did. Okay, but not in unison. So uh, you're gonna have to uh, pretty much pick up your game. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to the French Grand Prix podcast. And you'll probably notice there's a lot of energy going on, especially with me. I'm still rolling over from Internet's best reactions. I'm still very happy that Paul Ricard provided something. And it provided a lot of things. And of course, joining me in this virtual commentary booth, I thought Tommy had actually frozen for a second with how little he was moving. <laughs> it is the WTF1 founder. Um, not wearing a, actually, we're all wearing black, to be fair. We got the memo, even though none of us said we were wearing black. Uh, we are the, the trio that yeah. uh, decide that we don't want any sort of patterns or anything. Uh, actually, I'm wearing the WTF1 old school from a couple of years ago event when we did some karting. Nice. Um, so, so yeah, the founder of WTF1. Well done. I don't know. I don't did get that <laughs> my mouth then. And Katie Fairman, the WTF1 editor. If there's words, she's there. Chucking them out. Here we go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, firstly, also want to say welcome to our team WTF1 members who are watching this podcast live. Hence why it's a little bit more loopy than usual because we're just off the rails at the moment with our podcasts um if you want to join team wtf1 all the information and the links will be in the description below so you can join the chat as we as we continue on this paul ricard memory lane right three word race reviews here we go then wow that's a lot of underscores underscore 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 v dot underscore dot s dot underscore 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 why did you include that france wasn't boring you know why it, it wasn't even that <laughs> it wasn't even that unique uh, nico underscore 599 better than expected and matt gudge 96 max super max france wasn't boring it was be- very much better than expected and uh I mean, that last one, Matt Gudge is definitely your burner account, isn't it, Tommy? Yeah, how did you know? Oh, yeah, of course, that's why you've got a big smile on your face. <laughs> just, just put the two together. Uh, Tommy, let's start with your three-word review, shall we? So mine is another epic finish. And, yeah, I cannot believe Paul Ricard delivered that race. I mean, it, the biggest criticism of Formula 1, I think, in recent years and also ever probably you'd say is that races are often decided at turn one uh and it's kind of like game over isn't it as soon as soon as that happens but oh my word like that that's four times in seven races that it's gone down to maybe the last six laps and you don't know who's going to win i can't I, i genuinely can't remember how many times in the last five, six, seven years where races have gone down to the wire. Um, not many. And we've had four and seven races. I mean, what a race. And for it to happen at Paul Ricard as well. Just wow. Uh, and I, I, it was kind of like Barcelona in reverse, wasn't it? But I'd argue, are you going to race me here and say, it's because Verstappen won. But I'd argue that it's better because it did feel like it changed during the the race as well. Like there were moments when the gap went back up. You're like, I think Hamilton's got this. Whereas Barcelona, it very much seemed like this is game over for Max. Whereas that race, oh my word, like to go down to the final two laps. Um, just, I love this season so much. It's so, so good. Absolutely loving it. Max is leading the championship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I completely agree. Uh, it was better than Spain because it was consistently being caught and we kind of accepted the fate of Verstappen in that particular instant. And but as you say, it was kind of there was a time where it's about five seconds and it stayed there for about a lap and a half. 
And, and then Lewis made a mistake, which was crucial. I think he lost about a second and a half. Obviously, you know, his tyres are absolutely shredded. So fair enough for making a mistake. But maybe if he hadn't have made that, it would have been a perfect drive to the end. Perhaps, maybe, and maybe if Bottas had not defended fresh air and gone off, but we'll get onto that. Uh, maybe he could have won that race. And that would have been probably one of Lewis's best drives in recent time, in my opinion. Just the way he was able to extend that stint was, was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, completely agree that it is just awesome this this season and we kind of joked about it didn't we especially you Tommy at the start before we even begun you said well what you're going to get an absolute worldie of a season and then everything's going to change and someone's going to be dominating again well the the small regulation change seems to be the one that we all needed we've all been asking for massive ones but just a little bit of a come back here Mercedes come on come back here and it's provided some incredible races already I can't believe we're no, not even halfway through the season. And we've had enough bangers for an entire season, I think. So, uh, yeah, very happy. It's so true. And, I mean, obviously, fans know Paul Ricard to be a bit of a snooze fest. And I think we were fully expecting the same again. So, for the race to be one of the best we've seen so far this year, like, that seems like a sentence that nobody should be saying. It should be, oh, well, you know, 2021 was great, but Paul Ricard was still Paul Ricard and prov- provided a boring race. But... No, it was excellent. And uh, like you say, there was no point where you were like, right, 100% money on Hamilton winning or Verstappen winning. It was constantly up in the air. And it just proves that strategy is such an important part of Formula One that sometimes I feel like isn't taken for granted enough because maybe it's behind closed doors or something like that. And, you know, compared to all these overtaking battles that we see, but strategy is such a vital part of a Formula One race weekend. And to see two teams at the top of their game going for two very different strategies um, just made sure that we were on the edge of our seats the whole time. So round of applause for Paul Ricard. Well done, Paul. <laughs> the saddest round of applause ever. Yeah. Bottas may not have uh, enjoyed that so much because he didn't want to be on the strategy Mercedes gave him. So, uh, yeah, a lot of Valtteri chat, I'm sure, coming. Uh, DG Coy 27 is it too early to call this season one which has been blessed by the racing gods? I mean, we got a good race out of Paul Ricard, for God's sake. I don't think it's too early at all. I think, well, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not even going to say anything about the rest of this season because <laughs> I just know that I will be blamed for it. So, Right now, if we were to end the season right now, it's been unbelievable. You know, I think this is a season we will look back on. It's a funny thing and a phrase that you see go around Twitter and TikTok and stuff about, you know, I wish that we'd know when we're in the good old days, when we're actually in them. This quote from the office. (laughs) This is, okay, is it the office? Okay, but people have turned it into quite a serious quote as well, which actually does hit. Does, does, does slap a little bit. So I think with, for this, I think this is it, guys. 2021 will be a season that a lot of people remember. Um, so just, just soak it in. Absorbing every little last bit that we can, because like you say, it's been an incredible season. Even from pre-season testing, we had thoughts that maybe this could be the year that things change. And, you know, Mercedes didn't look too strong and Red Bull looked really good. And obviously, as part of our jobs to sort of talk about all these rumours and and create excitement. But for it to actually happen is a whole nother story and like you say 2021 I think and I hope will go down in the history books as being one of the best if not the best year that F1 has had maybe in modern era maybe I should because there's some good seasons from like 70s and 80s and 90s and stuff but I'm just so excited for when we can get to circuits like 
you know, Brazil, if we go there or spa and, and places like that and Silverstone, because I just think they're going to be great. I hope I'm not setting my expectations too high. And I know I'm waving my hands a lot around here, but I'm just so excited. Yeah. <laughs> take off soon, I know. Going to fly off. <laughs> you, you say it's our job to obviously hype it up and make it exciting. It was only two years ago at Paul Ricard that we had one of our longest ever podcasts where we were ranting about how Formula One was broken and... <laughs> You know, we just come off one of the worst starts to an F1 season ever with absolutely no competition. Mercedes finished one, two, every single race, really dull race. And then, I mean, I just, I just can't get over the start of the season. We said, and yeah, I don't think, I don't think you should be um, scared to to overhype it. Obviously, I know, like if it continues like this, I think it would be arguably one of the greatest formula one seasons ever because i've i've seen so many there's a lot of people that have never seen a championship battle which is crazy to think and have been watching for a few years and like never seen a proper championship battle but even if i think back to schumacher and hackenen or, or schumacher and alonso um you look back at the moments in that season and it tended to be it was a great title fight that went down to the wire but it tended to be Ferrari were really good one race, Renault were really good the next race. And there's maybe two or three on track battles, not not loads. Hamilton and Verstappen seem to be going wheel to wheel every single race. It's absolutely amazing. I just can't believe, like, just enjoy it, like you say, because I've seen a lot of people going, oh, it wasn't that good. Or, oh, uh, I wish like more people were involved. Just people will look back on this season as incredible. You've got prime Lewis Hamilton against Max Verstappen who's in the form of his life going wheel to wheel every race make the most of it because it's so good yeah we're not ever going to get 20 drivers fighting for the world championship you know let's be realistic here yeah that uh two drivers from from different teams you know there's no team orders there slight reliance on the teammates to turn up which we'll get onto as well Perez obviously kind of forcing um Mercedes to go for a certain strategy rather than Spain which we were very you know I was very critical of Perez and and but they were able to to pull off something uh, awesome so it, there's so many storylines in this season within Red Bull and Mercedes and also the other teams and all the driver swaps we've seen that uh, I think 2021 as I say will be will, will be remembered um very fondly if uh, if we continue on this trend as I'm going to just add that little disclaimer at the end the, the kind of if we if we don't then have another you know 16 horrendous races I think this will be a good <laughs> good season um another question Lil underscore Leadfoot how can F1 ensure that races at Paul Ricard and other potentially boring tracks will continue to be entertaining why did we suddenly see so many overtakes compared to previous races here there were, I think, there were quite a few variables at play at Paul Ricard. I think one of them was that the the practice, and Tommy loves free practice. If the fact that all the data they collected in free practice was pretty much out the window because there was a complete washout on the Sunday, the track was green, so much cooler than they'd they'd seen throughout the entire weekend. So they didn't have the data of exactly how the tires will will perform. So that's that's pretty much probably one of the main reasons obviously the other reason being that you know the teams are very closely matched and there was a different strategy at play which is also great for entertainment but the main thing for me is the fact that the f1 teams lacked data they didn't know what the fastest strategy was and shock it was a banger so yeah we don't even need 
sprinklers for a wet race because it didn't even need to be a wet race but you know the the hype oh, was if it started raining as well I, I don't i probably would have turned off too much <laughs> but it didn't even need to be a wet race because like i say it was so good but maybe that's the answer you can keep friday practice but just throw buckets of water over the track sunday morning and just get all the rubber off start again but yeah clean it clean the whole Tommy, track you're on to something there we go here. done it um well, at least silverstone <laughs> we can pop up on onto the track yeah we'll do ourselves. it we'll yeah <laughs> as it's our like duty as the entertainers of formula one to do it um yeah i think the thing is with paul record we went like i said before in 2019 in quite a very uncompetitive season this is just proof that f1 needs to be close and if you've got two teams that are close you've got the midfield battle which is really close which there are loads of overtakes going on there as well when teams don't know what the best strategy is things are close mercedes we'll go into this but mercedes uh, and verstappen you could argue these tiny tiny errors really they're pretty small like one lap pitting too late or hamilton running slightly wide or verstappen running at turn one they're huge because it could decide the race it could decide the world championship and we're not used to it whereas 2019 you know, Bottas didn't have to fight anyone. Hamilton running wide at a turn just meant that he won by 17 seconds instead of 20 seconds. It's it just it just shows that when the racing is close, you can have amazing racing and anywhere. And going back to Matt's point about having lack of data, of course, we didn't race here in 2020. Um, which could also have an influence you know these cars have changed not obviously massively dramatically but regulations have been tweaked here and there and stuff like that so that could have definitely played a part as well but uh, yeah I think there's also probably some stress from Red Bull I would imagine I mean they went for the two-stop obviously perhaps there was something niggling in the back of their mind to do with these Pirellis you know obviously Verstappen suffered a blowout and he lost his um, his race win in Baku so I don't know, maybe it's just a mix of things and it's just so happened to work out at Paul Ricard, but it is certainly unusual because we have spent many a time slating Paul Ricard as a circuit. Um, you guys, like you said on the podcast before I was even part of it and like, it's just, it's surprising to see it do so well. <laughs> uh, right, just quickly need to to mention uh, an amazing thing. We did actually speak about Silverstone. So uh, half a segue is the fact we're doing the WTF1 Clubhouse at Silverstone. Full capacity crowd is expected. Um, so, you know, we're doing camping at Silverstone. If you haven't heard, we've got an awesome setup. We've got so much stuff going on. We've got some very cool people dropping by as well, which we haven't really announced yet. But uh, once we can, that is very exciting. But uh, yeah, you can camp with us. There's going to be lots of activities, DJ, all, oh, the, just the absolute works going on. Um, so if you haven't sorted out accommodation or whatever, do check it out. Um, there's a full refund available as well if it doesn't go ahead. So if Silverstone <laughs> says no or you can't camp for whatever reason and, you know, it's it's cancelled, then yeah, you get a refund. So, yeah, do check it out. Again, it's in the description below and uh, we'd love to see you there because uh, myself, Tommy and Casey will be there for pretty much the entirety of it, won't we? So that'll be that'll be well, fun. Can't wait. It's missed Silverstone last year, so it's going to be good to, yeah, get back to an F1 race. It's been too long. And it's got yeah. a fully licensed bar. We've got like a massive marquee. Oh, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be solid. Anyway, I, I, I love how I, I said the bar and I got really excited. Um, <laughs> For my three-word race review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, my three-word race review, Merck mess up. Uh, now, 
they didn't mess up royally. This isn't like a Germany 2019 <laughs> two and a half minute pit stop or whatever, but I felt like they could have won the race personally, um, especially at the first pit stops where they used Bottas, not used him, but, you know, just went on the aggressive with Bottas pitting him first, then Verstappen pit. And that's the window you have to pit is the, is the lap after Bottas because in my, in my head, and you know, I'm not a racing strategist, but in my head, as soon as Bottas pits, they're forcing the hand of Max, who obviously lost the lead at turn one, so Lewis was leading. They're forcing the hand of Max. If he stays out, he's going to be a sitting duck and lose position to both of them. You've got to pit Lewis the lap after Valtteri. You have to... Fair enough, Max might carry on, and then he may have done a Perez and had better tyres towards the end, maybe, but they would have had a one-two track position with not the worst tyres in the world. So in my opinion, you just go on the full aggressive. Um, so didn't happen. And of course, they then pit the lap after Max and Max had a worldy outlap. And somehow, I think none of us really expected it, took the lead going into turn one. I would have loved to have seen Tommy's face as as he flew up well, the inside. I, I, um, I don't know about you guys, that that camera is so low down and so long looking down, you could not tell that how close they were. Yeah. And I remember thinking I, it was a big surprise until they got to the braking zone. It was like, oh, Max is ahead. It's really hard to tell. I don't know if you guys felt the same that he'd actually yeah. got ahead. Yeah, depth perception is quite yeah. difficult yeah. Uh, in those kind of camera shots. But I think as it kept going, I kept expecting Lewis to just turn into turn one and it just never happened. And then, <laughs> and then Max was was in the lead. But uh, yeah, I, I still think it was a massive missed opportunity for Max. Oh, hugely. I mean, we came into Paul Ricard thinking that this is Mercedes stomping ground. Obviously, they've had so much success here in the past and it was theirs to lose and they lost it. So Christian Horner, I mean, he's obviously one. He loves the spicy quote. He loves to stir the pot. Um, he said, if Red Bull can beat Mercedes at Paul Ricard, then they can beat them anywhere, which is a quote that has aged very well. Um, and now there is even more expectation on Red Bull. To Might do have aged stuff, well. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they we'll wait won the championship. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that quote in Abu Dhabi, maybe yeah. <laughs> when the season's over. But yeah, it's, I mean, I know we talk about it every podcast, but it's because it's a really big talking point and that is just Mercedes don't seem to be with it at the moment even like I've noticed an attitude shift in Toto obviously it's very um easy to say that sitting from my sofa at home watching you know sky coverage or whatever um because they're only going to show certain bits of it but he just seems to have a different way of approaching things and interviews and stuff like that maybe it's just because he's annoyed that Mercedes aren't leading and he's you know, got an evident challenge ahead of him. But it, Mercedes just don't seem like the normal Mercedes at the moment. And I mean, it's good for the championship, but it's just very unusual for an F1 fan that's seen them do so much over the last seven years to see them in this like fragile state. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they've been they've been so perfect, haven't they, as mm. well? Like a lot of the time we expect just the perfect pit stops, the perfect strategies and, you know, do domination. But we come into this season... And they just seem to be making mistake after mistake, which is crazy. You know, you, you just don't expect that from Mercedes. There's a, there's a lot in that race as well. I think you you summed it up perfectly. I saw a lot of people jumping on the, oh, Mercedes have bottled it with a two-stopper. And obviously, I, I think in reality, that was the wrong thing to do, especially for Bottas, because he obviously, we'll go into it later, but he obviously wanted to do a two-stopper. He said it was the best way. Um but they clearly burned their tires up out a bit too early after trying to chase Max because they were they were on the back of him. But I, I think the the one stopper actually wasn't too too bad. And if if Hamilton hadn't made that mistake, I think 
maybe would we would have seen him defend a little more. It might have gone down to the last lap, and then he probably would have put in some kind of move to try and defend it. But you're right, Matt. For me, it's the it's the first stop that is actually the big screw up. Why you wouldn't pit Hamilton immediately after Bottas makes absolutely no sense because the only reason you wouldn't do it is if Verstappen and Bottas pitted at the same time. You want like, of course, Max is going to come in the pits, and then yeah, I, I cannot believe they did that. A really odd choice, and then for them to not even try splitting the strategies was an odd choice as well. Um, and then I think there's a question later, but but again, like even little things like they tried to go for, they didn't go for the fastest lap point. And they, they just seem to be making a lot of these errors at the moment, which you just don't expect from Mercedes. Maybe it's just because they've not had any competition for <laughs> the last two years. And now they've actually got to uh, try and do something to to win these races. And when it doesn't work out, everyone's on their back and it's like, oh, what are Mercedes doing? But um, yeah, it's just just not like like Mercedes to do this, is it? No, it's not. Uh, Callian underscore VNS says, why is Mercedes all of a sudden looking so lost under pressure? Is their focus more on 2022 car development at this point? I don't think so. Uh, I think they still want to continue this winning streak. And to be honest, especially at the start of that next stint once they'd all pitted but Max had got track position they looked rapid at the start of that hard stint because they were able to follow Max so closely obviously weren't able to get through and Max withstood a huge amount of pressure then which was another sort of key point for me to kind of put in the locker of yes Max is ready to win a world title is that he was able to hold off two Mercedes that were literally I think they were all separated by a second at one point which was ridiculous to see in this generation of Formula One car so no I think you know, it's, it's the same for Mercedes and Red Bull. There's going to be a turning point where they both have to go, okay, 2022 is more important. But I feel like the one that's chasing will have to continue with 21 a bit longer. And then maybe, you know, we'll see the repercussions of that later down the line. But for me, it's not a case of Mercedes being lost for pace or whatever. It's been quite consistent. And if anything, they've they've picked up the pace a little bit after their woes in Bahrain and, you know, how slow they look there. I just feel like they're making mistakes. And it, it's, it's almost like they're not ready for the pressure that this season has brought. It's, it's like they've come into it and thought, yeah, it's going to be another walkover or, you know, at least going to be quite easy. Uh, but instead, as I already said, far too many mistakes if they want to win the championship. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with Hamilton that they, they, like the Red Bull was so much quicker and they couldn't have done anything. Won uh, that pace, yeah, but in, in yeah, the race. Yeah, but in the race. I don't think so, yeah. Exactly what you said with the, the two Mercedes when they were right on the back of Max. Uh, maybe a, an easier trek to overtake and they would have got by or if, if that was a one stop and it had gone on and on and they had they like Max didn't pit I think the Mercs probably would have got by it's, it's going to change um, the, the narrative is going to change every single race I feel this we had almost exactly the same conversation after Spain uh, of like Red Bull aren't ready to challenge for the title. They're bottling it. They're making so many strategic errors. And now the whole thing's flipped on its head. Um, you know, Hamilton will... It's kind of like Max as well. Max made that mistake at turn one, but mm. ultimately it didn't matter. Whereas if he hadn't won the race, that would have been the big talking point. But now because it, it's going to change every single race and these tiny little errors are just going to become like such huge things. Um 
and it's just gonna i think it's gonna swap and i'd love to even though i know you obviously joke that oh max i want max to win the title and lead the title or whatever i hope it does change every race between mercedes and red bull i we've longed so long for a title to not be decided in mexico five races to go please please yeah. please just be this good oh. I want to challenge quickly about your Spain comment. I don't think we were having a go at the strategy of Red Bull because I they were very much... a lot of well, a lot. Of, I meant more a lot, of, not us. Like a lot of people were like, yeah, Red I, Bull I, bottling strategy. Oh, if any, the thing that? that we, yeah, but the thing was that they were they were hamstrung there because yeah, Perez Mercedes was put them in a, near. Mercedes did that was the problem job. with Red Bull was yeah. that Perez wasn't within a pit stop window. So that's that was the problem there. I mean, Max couldn't do anything. If he'd pit, he would have lost track position and was slower than the Merck. So there wasn't. If people were saying that, it's it's, it's wrong. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Casey, what's I your agree, thought? Yeah. I think to answer the question, I don't think they're giving up on 2021 at all. I think, like you say, they've had just a few bumpy races, and yes, things haven't worked out as planned. But hey, this is Mercedes, and we've seen how dominant and professional they normally are. And I have no doubt that they will group together, refocus and, you know, continue to be dominant in some of the races coming up. I mean, we're literally in round seven of 23 we've just had. Like, there's, Oh, yeah. There's a long, long road ahead. And although it's good to talk about, you know, have Red Bull mess this up, have Mercedes mess this up, like it is these tiny little decisions that maybe are made in the spare of the moment that will impact the championship which is why we're having these discussions but I don't think Mercedes have just gone <laughs> do you know what we'll just let Red Bull have this one and we'll come back stronger next year because that's not in their mindset like they're champions they want to get all these records of winning so many consecutive things and you know and championships and stuff like that so yes we'll we'll wait and see but like Tommy said I hope that it does keep chopping and changing and one week Mercedes are really strong and one week Red Bull are really strong or they're both really strong and we have a battle like we had in France uh so that's my answer to your question no, no way no way with a gap of just 12 points is Lewis going to be like now come on guys let's regroup try again next Back year it up. Yeah. yeah see you later no, absolutely no way like he's going to want to get title number eight Mercedes are going to want to get her title number eight thousand mm. however many it is <laughs> and uh yeah they're not they're not going to give up at all no and uh and come on write them up and to write them off st- just do not write them off come on no don't write them off absolutely not as much as christian horner says they can beat them at any place now that they beat them at paul ricard mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but i'm still not of the thinking that mercedes had the slower race car as we've mentioned i think they were quicker than red bull but red bull somehow managed to win a 2v1 kind of i mean perez was there or thereabouts mm-hmm. but i still see that as a 2v1 uh, and they did very well including max We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever because they're focused on managing and growing their business. They can't always spend the time they wish they could on recruiting. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. Get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of over 30 million professionals in the UK. Fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills and motivation you need. Then use simple tools to filter and prioritise the top candidates you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role and your first job post is free. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. 
Terms and conditions apply. Right, let's get back to the podcast. 4E1Rap asks, why doesn't Mercedes run the strategy for the fastest lap point? I have no idea. I think the only reason, or the only reason not to was that maybe they were hoping for some sort of tyre blowout and maybe Perez would have had it got a puncture or whatever or Max or even Lewis and so they've left Bottas out there to potentially pick up the scraps if because it was a high degradation race that front left especially was being chewed off so maybe they just left it out there because you know if they pit and then Perez had a problem and Max had a problem they go why did you pit Valtteri and it's still very odd because I think the safer bet was certainly to pit and to get the extra point because you never know how many points the uh, the, the driver's title is going to be separated by by the end. But then at the same time, does Bottas care? Not sure. <laughs> I think the reason they did it was because both Bottas and Perez were under investigation and they were hoping that oh, yeah, Perez that, would yeah. get the penalty. And then if they had pitted Bottas for fastest lap and then like missed out on that third place by, you know, a tenth or something because they'd pitted him for another set of tyres, they'd be <laughs> severely upset. Um, so yeah, I think that's why they didn't do it. But... They never that, showed was that. that. Yeah, was that? I saw the exclamation mark. <laughs> they but... never showed it. I, I watched the race. I four. actually watched the race back when Perez overtook Bottas round the outside into that sweeping corner. He ran really wide, and you can't see it from the video. And again, when they showed the replay, they cut just before Perez went into that corner. They never actually showed the incident. But Mercedes believed that Perez had all four wheels off when he went round that corner. Um, and so they believed that if they stuck within five seconds at the finish, he'd get a five-second penalty. Bottas would get more points than just a one fastest lap point. However, <laughs> they didn't even finish within five seconds of him anyway. Um, <laughs> so that that worked out well. Um, so, yeah, strange strange choice. It, it, I'm, I'm hard to judge that one because like I say for some reason they just did not want to show the on the world feed if Perez did run wide or not um from the very like I tried to watch it like pausing where he was and you just can't really he's tell frame, like, yeah frame like, by frame. He, he's, he's definitely like run wide um but I, you can't tell but to be honest I'm glad they don't penalize stuff like that because the move was done really wasn't it yeah Absolutely. And you were speaking about the TV direction as well a little bit there. I didn't think it was the greatest uh, for France either. There was a lot of small box action and a lot of replays, but not a lot of live action uh, in the big box. Um, A question from Team WTF1 member Megan Tihan. Sorry if I've just butchered that. With Red Bull winning, do you think Red Bull have this season won (laughs) because of the win? Wow, a lot of winning and won. Because of the win at the track where Mercedes usually a dominant with a 1-2 in recent years. It's early on still, but I'm fairly confident Red Bull have this (laughs) one. Is anybody getting that Juan Pablo Montoya press conference? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) All I could think of was, please please read that question with Juan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean... It's very early to say, Megan, and I think it would be silly to put our bets on either of them, to be honest, because it, it twos and throws all the time. I think it's going to be a close one. I just hope it goes down to the wire. I'm still sceptical as to whether it will or not, because one of the teams could easily just hit a, a good stride of winning. It's easy; It could easily be done. I think Red Bull in particular could have easily had more points. I mean, of course, Max crashed from the lead in Baku, so his championship league could have been even bigger. So... It's going to depend on if there's uh, engine failures or, you know, any problems that, you know, cause a 25 point swing, which is easily happening here because either Hamilton or Verstappen could win every single week. So, 
yeah, I don't. I, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Yeah, you can't. You can't say that the championships won already. We're in race seven. There's twelve points, which is what a fourth place. Yeah, finish. People, I guess people are just maybe some Mercedes fans are just so shocked to see. I mean, that we're not a, the, first. The, we're not second. first. What I don't understand. This is it. It's over, um, and they're just not used to it. But. It's it's far too early. It's a really close season. Let's not forget. I'm sure. Don't quote me on this, and I'm sure everyone will in the comments. But I'm <laughs> sure Sebastian Vettel was 12, if not more, points ahead of Hamilton at some point in the 2018 championship, and Hamilton ended up winning it comfortably. It can change. Hopefully, like we say, we really want it to go down to the wire. It's not over until until whenever that race is so just enjoy it being close it's so true I can't remember exactly who it was but somebody was in my Instagram DM saying a few years ago that like it maybe it was the 2018 season of Vettel leading and then we had the summer break and then after the summer break Hamilton just went ham as he calls it and uh like just dominated and seemed to win almost everything so yeah like you say it's it's early days instead of thinking oh Mercedes have lost this or oh Red Bull have won it like just enjoy it race by race and you know absorb what is an incredible world championship that's happening in front of our eyes as easy it is to do as say I think like maybe Mercedes have bottled it and whatever but yeah just enjoy each one as it comes you know you'd be a very brave and potentially crazy person to write off Lewis Hamilton a third of the way, less than a third of the way through the season. So uh, that's all I'll say on that one. Uh, Katie, your three-word race review, please. So mine is Bottas gets angry, and this is referring to his radio message that was broadcast at the end of the race. Obviously, I will not read it out in full because we will be demonetized. <laughs> um, but a lot of swearing and basically very angry that Mercedes didn't listen to his strategy ideas. Um, and obviously, he thought that stopped him from doing like possibly a second or third or I mean I don't know if he thought he was going to win it I'm, I'm not sure but um, he was not a happy boy and uh, lots of people have felt sorry for Valtteri and to be honest I was one of them because it would be nice if they listened to his calls and you know obviously he feels like he's not being listened to which is worrying especially as every five minutes people are shoving a mic in his face going so you're out then you know you haven't got a drive next year Mercedes are booting you out like it can't be easy on the poor bloke um, but I'm afraid that is Formula One. It's a savage dog-eat-dog world. Um, and yeah, Vo uh, Toto Wolf said as well afterwards, he's like, well, I'm glad he's getting sweary and angry on the radio because that's what we want from him. So who knows? But it was certainly quite a big talking point after the race. That's what we want from him, to get angry yeah, with the team for not like... doing their job. Interesting. <laughs> we want him to be like the Hulk and go all strong and green. And he didn't say that bit. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, you know, that anger we've never really seen from Valtteri before, not in probably that level of just pure, unadulterated rage. And I think that probably does, you know, give us an indication that there's other things going on within the team that, you know, he's got uh, a bit of anger for, uh, probably one being his driver contract and maybe how he's being treated, who knows. But um, yeah, it was interesting to hear Bottas get angry and... Uh, <laughs> Deep down, I'm like, is this the time now? Now you decide to start kicking off? 
what about when you first join and if you really want to take it to Lewis, you need to start throwing your weight about a little bit earlier than potentially the last season you have with Mercedes. So I'm not sure it's the wisest thing to go against a team that have kept you in as number two driver, if you want to call him that, for the last however many years. Uh, you know, if you're going to start trying to shake the tools around, if, well, that's not a phrase, but I've just made it up. Um, <laughs> then and I'm not sure this year's the year because Mercedes need a strong number two that they can rely on. And Bottas is saying, you know, that you should have done this, should have done that. Um, and, and I completely agree with him. You know, they were wrong to not put him on a different strategy. It was so weird to just allow Max to do that strategy without having covered it off. I know Bottas would have had to pass Perez, but he would have been on fresh mediums. So it would have most likely be, have been done. So, yeah, I can understand his his anger, uh, poor bloke. Yeah, poor guy. He drove he drove actually a, a, a good race. It was <laughs> you, you got to feel for him that it was actually Perez that I was a bit worried about at the start of the race when he was sort of dropping back yeah. and he thought, "Are we going to get another Spain here where Perez is going to be like <laughs> ten seconds behind and someone?" And then obviously he pulled this amazing strategy and it worked absolutely fine. Um, and that was clear. Do you reckon that was part of it? I don't know if it was. I don't know if that was Perez. I'm sure this is what they'll be saying now that Perez dropped was didn't care about dropping back because he always planned to go longer and do a different strategy and eke out that I think one they, start. I, I genu- now that I look at it with hindsight, I think genuinely that probably was what he was, was doing. The thinking, because yeah, you know, yeah. out of dirty air, that you have less sliding, you can just manage your tires better. He's tire preservation king. Mm. Perhaps, I think Mercedes. Yeah. I think Mercedes lost that race because. Hamilton and Bottas were too keen to get Verstappen back too early yeah, and absolutely agreed, yeah. destroyed their tires. And you How could, dare you give us racing? I know. Uh, Full back, three that, seconds each. Exactly. That, that is the problem with F1, isn't it? They're actually entertaining and making the race amazing, and it's probably the worst strategy they possibly could have done to actually try and race someone. How dare they? But Bottas, yeah, I mean, after the woes of Baku to be on the back of Hamilton, he was right behind Hamilton. He, there was one point where Hamilton dropped back from Verstappen and Bottas had DRS. And you're thinking like, go on, Bottas, you could, I know. You could get him here. Uh, and you, it must, <laughs> must be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> when was the when last was time? The last time? Exactly. <laughs> but poor guy. I mean, yeah, he's had, he's had that race and he's still somehow finished fourth, got the wrong strategy. And I think you're right. What, why, why now is he kicking off when they, if anything, I think the best approach for Bottas is to be that perfect team player. Um, and strangely, now is the time that he's like, <laughs> he, he, was, he was really compliant with team orders with Hamilton when there was a, a, a title fight with no one. Yeah. And now, mm. now Hamilton needs to actually win against another team. He's doing things like what he did in Spain where he blocked him a little bit and saying and and now kicking off about I want this strategy and it's not the greatest way to go. Have you ever been in a sorry to but like have you ever been in a job where you start your job and you're all really smiley and happy and what can I do to help and let me do this and do that and then over time you realize that you're not maybe being treated as well as you thought you would or maybe your boss is favoriting or yeah putting favoritism on someone else and eventually that just wears and like erodes away at you and I think he's probably just come in as you know not going to try and ruffle too many feathers just going to get my head down race fast and then he's just sort of had a reality check maybe during the winter break or with COVID last year or something like that 
his priorities have changed and he's thought no I'm being treated like a mug here <laughs> and it's it's difficult because nobody wants to be teammates Lewis Hamilton because he's so darn good and you know there's a reason why he's got all these world championships because he is like a sublime sublime driver and maybe he's just something's a switch has flicked and he's thought you know what I'm probably not gonna get this contract next year and I've always wanted to say these things and I've always bit my tongue, but now's finally the time that I... <laughs> if that's I the just case, I can't off. wait for the rest of the radio messages. If he's just going, I don't care anymore, I'm going to go out, burn all my bridges with Mercedes. <laughs> yes, please. I would love to see we'll that. We'll be for front the row along with Drive to Survive on I mean, our popcorn if I that mean, happens. If Jeez. That, yeah, if that happens, it's literally a Bottas special season with about seven <laughs> episodes of Bottas. You never yeah. know. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I I don't agree personally with the uh, you know him realizing he's being treated like a mug now. I think it's more just the frustration that he's. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I've just what? read one of the comments in the live chat. Katie is just a cry for help. <laughs> no, you know, you do like your I'm job, not talking right, about Katie? I'm talking about old old jobs before here. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, but back to Bottas. I feel like it's more just frustration that he's 72 points behind Verstappen after seven mm-hmm. races which I think is pretty mad. He's still fifth in the driver's standings behind Lando Norris and then obviously Verstappen, Hamilton and Perez. So uh, he's he's known his treatment the whole time. You know, he's not gone into Mercedes thinking that he is going to be number one driver. Of course, you know, there's the headline every year of, oh, I know what to do to beat Lewis this year. And yeah, all Bottas that Bottas porridge. Um, yeah, <laughs> Bottas porridge, Bottas coffee, Bottas whatever. Um, I think it's just, yeah, massive frustration. You know, he's so far behind in the driver's standings. It's pretty much written off already his season. He knows that he's going to have to play second fiddle. Um, But then obviously the racer in him wants to be given freedom to go and do a different strategy. So I understand his his frustrations. But yeah, uh, he needed just to have a better start to the season. And then maybe he would have got these calls. Um, Boosted Stephen, Bottas seemed furious with his team, not just about the strategy, but potentially with other things that have been festering. Will Bottas sign with Mercedes again? I mean, we've obviously covered it. If if Bottas gets given the opportunity to race for Mercedes, he, I don't think he's going to say no. Uh, I think he still wants to race from what we kind of gather. I think it's more the other way around, whether Mercedes want to give him a contract, um, which I think both of you will agree with. Yeah. We've, we've kind of covered yeah, that, that yeah. question enough. Um, Kendrick, how soon are we going to see proper team orders for Bottas and Perez to give up on merit positions to their respective teammates to help their championship challenges? Pretty soon, uh, in my opinion, uh, especially on the Bottas side of things, because he is he's gone. Perez is kind of, you know, Perez isn't that far behind. You know, he's, he's got 84 points. Hamilton's 119 and Max is 131. Of course, it's still relatively far behind, and I think he will still have to play second fiddle, but I don't think Bottas really has a leg to stand on. Um, I wonder if uh, Bottas will get out of the way if he's leading the race and Hamilton's second. I don't, I don't think at the same time I say that, but I don't think Mercedes or Red Bull want to you know, impose such horrendous strategy, you know, uh, sorry, sort of swapping calls because the morale that, that that drops for the driver that's giving up the position, especially if it's for the win, will be will be pretty crucial. But at the same time, they need to win both the championships. So it'll be a, it's a, a balancing act, really. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, with the team orders, maybe I think you're right in that Mercedes are probably going to be the ones to call team orders for Hamilton Bottas first. And I was thinking, well, maybe Red Bull won't call team orders because Perez has proved himself to be a fairly reliable pair of hands compared to some of the other drivers that they've had in that seat in recent years. 
Um, but then I just remember back to Multi 21 and the fact that there were team orders there, which obviously Sebastian Vettel um, went against and there was no real <laughs> punishment for that. So I don't know if if they do do team orders that I'm not suggesting that Perez is going to, you know, define uh, or not define. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Go against the team orders, but defy. There you go. Defy. defy. Yeah, oh, you almost I was had it. so close. <laughs> God damn it. No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long weekend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I mean, I'm sure it's probably inevitable that team orders will come into place soon enough. But I, I hope that Red Bull keep the Perez and Verstappen sort of fair game going as long as possible because it's just so refreshing to see somebody in that second Red Bull seat doing a good job. There hasn't really been any. I guess moments where Verstappen has had to pass Perez though yet, I guess. So no, only today yet. when he's on a different strategy. But today. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yesterday. Oh, sorry, yesterday. <laughs> that a race? Sorry. Yeah, did you, yeah, did you know, miss the round two? Yeah, it's different because he's on a different strategy. I think I will go against you. And I think that if Perez is leading a race on merit, he's jumping out of the way for Verstappen. 100%. I think, yeah, they have to. There's absolutely no way they're not going to. Even at this stage, even of the race, at this stage, uh, race season. it's a two horse race. <laughs> no, <already>. you're at <laughs> it. It's two horse race already. I, both Bottas I and Perez, so. if they're winning, uh, obviously, yeah. and their teammate is behind them, they've got they've got to. It's ruthless game. You've got, to, got to think as well that Perez wouldn't have won in Baku if Verstappen hadn't had his tire blowout as well. So he wouldn't even have been a race winner had Verstappen you know not had that incident. I'm not saying like Perez has done an insane job these last few races, has, but. Yeah. You know, you do have to look at it that he was almost gifted, or well, he was I, gifted. I don't, gifted it, yeah. I don't yeah. think we're one. even too far off swapping third and fourths like that. That little details oh, already. No. I think if no. Perez is ahead, it, say Perez is P three and P four, I think they're swapping them already. No, and Bottas and Hamilton disagree. Well, okay. Oh. I think Live maybe chat. seven or eight yes races or no. to go. <laughs> yeah, put in the put in the chat. Do you think they'll impose team orders no matter where they are? if they're both next to each other. I don't think so yet. I think at least halfway into the season, we'll maybe Fair see enough. that. But I think now it's a bit it's a bit savage. I think it makes sense to do it on the Mercedes side of things because Bottas has about three points. But, um, <laughs> well, I think Perez will have personally been maybe briefed a little bit, but then it is, it's easier to say, yeah, sure, I'll do it, than when you're actually in the lead of a Formula One race and going, I'm going to win here. Um, Someone could literally say no in the chat. Everyone is saying yes. It's an absolute joke. <laughs> Tommy's um, paid them off. There you go. Thank you, Daniel Cadane, for saying no. Everyone else is saying thank yes. You. Don't care about their opinion. Thank you. Yeah. I'll send uh, <laughs> the Team WTF1 link of your money later. <laughs> um, interesting. Not just yet. Thank you, Matthew Robinson. Right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's talk about the midfield because a lot went on. A lot yeah. went on. Yeah. Um, a lot of things we didn't really see uh, live. But uh, F1 underscore Hill says, how good was McLaren today? For sure, best of the rest. Uh, they were very good. Uh, you know, they went for two different strategies. Mercedes could probably take a leaf out of that book with uh, Lando going longer. Uh, Danny Rick going for the, I guess, undercut. And he managed to basically make it work really well. Charles Leclerc put even earlier and did technically have track position ahead of Daniel Ricciardo at one point, but that Ferrari was horrendous after a few laps on the tyres. Uh, yeah, but they were good. I, I wouldn't start singing their, or I don't know what the, blowing their trumpet. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't start um, proper singing from the trees because they were like a minute behind 
the, the Mercedes and the Red Bull. So it wasn't exactly a sterling performance in terms of pace wise, but in terms of beating everyone else and essentially and, and definitely beating Ferrari, a fifth and a sixth is is definitely what they'll take. Yeah, they've got to be happy with yeah, they, they won't be happy with the deficit, like you say, with the fact that Mercedes and Red Bull are just clearing off. It's back to Formula 1.5 or whatever. But the Ricardo looked better. I think a lot of people were voting him driver of the day and saying he's back. I can't I don't think I, I'd agree. He definitely did a lot better. Um, and it's where I thought he maybe should be at the start of the year and slowly edging towards Lando because at the end of the day, a lot of people thought he should beat Lando. So for him to finish 10 seconds behind Lando is a better performance, but I think still there's there's more to come from him. But it was great to see him up there. Um, it was good I, to see all the moves as well, yeah, wasn't it? Like yeah, was, that's what I mean. One. Him making moves again was a joy for everyone to see, and that's what you want. Um, but it looks like McLaren, famous last words, uh, could be that team again where they, they're really making the most of you know if they're the third fastest car in this race you've got to hope for fifth and sixth and they're finishing fifth and sixth Ferrari didn't get any points mm. that battle for third that's a huge swing in their favor um and they're yeah they're doing everything they need to do so they they can be uh very happy with that with that points haul it's just a it's nothing like amazing fanfare other than what I would say is Lando Norris is just unbelievable this year um i've kind of i wouldn't say doubted him but i think you said in one of the old podcasts where you said oh would you put lando up with leclerc and verstappen i was kind of like no, no not I, really I yeah. uh, no i wouldn't have done um he's definitely getting there for me because it, i can't believe he has yeah done uh, was it seven is it seven out of i can't remember what it was, was six it eight out of eight out of, yeah six out, eight out of ten Eight, eight out, out of ten, ten in the top five. Eight out of yeah. ten in the top five. When you think if you've got the third fastest car at best, the mm. best result you can get is fifth, and he's delivering he's that every Hulkenberg. every single every single week. Yeah, he is kind of. But um, fair play to him. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing season. And within that as well, obviously they've gone from Renault to Mercedes Power as well, which is impressive for him to have um, adapted so quickly to having a different power unit in the back of that McLaren, but. Yeah, Lando was just, he's doing so well this year. And like you said, before the season, I obviously, I thought Lando was good. But like, if you think of the tier list that people make and stuff, I would have probably had him around like A, B, but he's like proving to be top of the tier with the likes of Verstappen and Hamilton and Leclerc and stuff like that. So I'm super excited to see how he progresses over the next few years, but that's a long way away. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about France. Um, but yeah, great for McLaren because I'll be honest, I didn't think they were going to do too well here. Um, certainly not fifth and sixth. Certain, like looking at practice and, and stuff like that, there are a few good moments in qualifying, but I didn't expect them to achieve a fifth and sixth in the race. I thought maybe they'd be sort of around seventh, eighth. Um, so a great result from them. And like you say, just great to see Daniel Ricciardo back overtaking. The honey badger is slowly coming out of its um, hibernation, if you want to call it that. <laughs> I don't know if they hibernate, but we're going to go with it. We're yeah. loving our phrases today. We, we do. We are. Come out with all sorts of rubbish. Yeah. Um, so it's it's promising, and hopefully with a few more tracks, they're a bit more. Uh, out in the open if that makes sense like Ricardo was saying he didn't enjoy the street circuits with all the 
tight and twisty um, walls nearby and all that kind of stuff, which is obviously normally a speciality, but he was looking forward to tracks that had a bit more runoff and allowed him to maybe be a bit more aggressive and push harder and go for these ballsy overtakes and he delivered. So woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Delivered to a certain degree. He's probably still under delivering uh, if you look at the start of the season and where we thought he would be. So uh, if he continues like that, then absolutely. But uh, Lando is a very difficult uh, man to beat at the moment. And uh, it's, yeah, it's crazy to see his, his progression. I think he's only going to get to a certain level in my eyes and everybody's eyes, I believe, you know, in the sense of you get to, you know, you can perform in a car that's decent, but can't win races. You could, you only prove yourself when you're in a top team and you can win races, you know, Charlotte Claire at Ferrari, Max Verstappen at Red Bull. When you have that car to win a race and you do win the race, that's when you're in that league, in my opinion. I mean, Lando has definitely shown he can hold pressure, you know, Imola, for example, um, where he was, you know, trying to hold off Hamilton for a while and, and whatnot. But you only get to see that final percent, in my opinion, when the time comes. Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. Uh, you can win a race. Oh, yeah, so. for any sense and purposes, I'm not saying Lando Norris is as good as Max Verstappen and uh, Lewis Hamilton. Of course you're not, mate. <laughs> see you going red from here. <laughs> Uh, okay, interesting stuff. Good to hear about McLaren. Uh, Christy54063719 says, why was there no further action for the move of Gasly on Norris? Norris steers away to stop contact from happening and as a result, barely goes wide. Gasly goes even wider while overtaking. I get that Norris later took the position, so result-wise, it's no different. But still, it was obviously quite a tight move. And did they both technically go off the track? That was... That was based, yeah. I think that's probably where the um, the stewards are probably deciding that you know it's half six of one and half a dozen of the other. There you go, another phrase. There you go, Martin. Oh. Martin Brundle. <laughs> <laughs> we need a little bingo card with all Literally, of these. Oh, God, no one will be able to come up with what we're coming out with. <laughs> no, but, um, we make half of them up. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, yeah, and obviously Lando did get the position, but that shouldn't really influence whether or not they investigate it. It's not like, you know, someone just does an illegal move and then goes, Oh, they might get them back later. So we'll see, you know, that they would investigate it if they thought there was any wrongdoing, but I didn't think it was that bad with the fact they both went wide. Yeah. I I think that's fair. Yeah. Sorry. I I was going to say that I don't, uh, I'm so glad they don't punish this sort of thing anymore. Um, Again, going back to racing. Yeah. Going Mm, back to that 2019 French Grand Prix, three-hour rant we had about Formula One, um, pretty sure there was a moment between midfield drivers where they were going off track, and I think that's where Danny Rick got a five-second penalty and all this kind of stuff. And in that race, we'd also just come off the back of where Vettel had got that really controversial penalty to win the race. And thank goodness now they're letting people, they're letting drivers get away with a little more, not just, um, you know, I was, I was of the thing like, please watch IndyCar and see how like racing is really good when you actually let drivers try and race each other and don't slap them with penalties immediately when there's not really that much in it. Um, and they're doing that now. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we're seeing a lot better racing for it. So for all the moaning, uh, <laughs> FIA and stewards, well done for that because fair play. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I think I, there's not really much more for me to add other than that's, I think it was right not to investigate it. And I it is approve. racing. Yeah, stand for approval. Uh, and it was a great little interview, actually, with Rosberg yeah, and uh, Gasly uh, and Norris, where <laughs> Rosberg basically said, told Rosberg <laughs> is just what so Norris desperate. had said about calling him an idiot. And then 
uh, said that like, you're going to apologize and then you know Lando's having absolutely none of it and was like well I'm pretty sure you've said some you know terrible things when when racing and it's heat at the moment stuff and <laughs> even Pierre yeah. Gasly said that uh I would have probably called him the same thing in the same situation if it was the other way around so it's funny how uh, they dismissed it but Rosberg Rosberg was just throwing bums all weekend wasn't it and, and it's, I love it uh, yeah it's great it's great he's not af- afraid to ask the questions what's really funny is there's and obviously we get it all the time as well uh, of this whole like bias you're your bias against certain people and stuff there's there was a kind of you could argue that hiring an old Mercedes driver could be quite a biased move because he might be really like Mercedes is the best. Yeah, they're an amazing team. And actually, it's the opposite. He's well, he's the, absolutely throwing them under the bus. Yeah, he's throwing them under the bus. Another... He's like going for everything. He's saying about uh, Hamilton. Hamilton's soft and Bottas is useless. And... Should have closed the damn door. He said about yeah. Hamilton and also the interview that he had with Toto Wolf, where he was saying about the flexi wings on the front, <laughs> and he was saying that <laughs> you know now it's time for because I think it was when he was speaking to both Christian Horner and Toto Wolf for Sky, and then he was saying, well, you can get Mercedes back for the flexi wing on the front, and Toto Wolf was saying, was well, didn't I pay you really not like handsome yeah. for <laughs> a few years? Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Nico is think... awesome. He just doesn't care, and that's great. I think Christian Horner says something like, oh, well, after saying that, that's you off the payroll, Nico, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Christian's like, are you still on the payroll? <laughs> <laughs> right, Tommy, play the jingle. Now it's time for There you go, live chat. Beautiful. You enjoyed that. They get to see the live version. They get to see the live version. Okay, ABCDF one time. Let's start. Well, actually, firstly, before we start, you can vote. We have a um, fan vote, which has been part of it for quite a while. WTF1.com, if you want to get your say in so that you can tell us that we're wrong. (laughs) Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. I I was close to giving him an A star just purely from his um, just performance. I know he didn't win. I know he didn't get pole, but I feel like from where he was on Friday and he was saying how many changes he had to make to get that car to work at all. There's obviously talk about the chassis as well and him having Bottas's rank chassis from Imola that's like in a thousand pieces. Obviously they try and say that it's exactly the same, but clearly there, you know, may not be. Uh, there's no way anything is exactly the same. Uh, but I'm not going to give him an A star, but he was very close. A. Yeah, I've gone for A as well. I think if, if it won the, it race, won the race, an A star, an a star mm. but A. A as well. Okay, lovely. Oh, it's going to be a nice, nice, short, compact, beautiful ABCDF one. I love it. Four hours Bottas, later. we're all going to agree. Bottas, B. 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 Wow, that was amazing. You're in unison and everything. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, sorry, the fans also gave Hamilton an A, and Bo- they, the fans gave Bottas a B. So oh. we're all in sync. Max Verstappen, A star. Gone A star. I don't think it's it's, it's not wait, his best wait, A star, wait, but wait. It's, it, is Katie about to give him an A? Ah, uh, yes. I know he did make a mistake at turn one. He yeah. did. I don't but blame he you. He made up for it. He did, and he did execute a two stop well. But I'm just going to give him and Hamilton the same grade, which is an A. Sorry, Matt. Have you frozen, babes? <laughs> or are you just in <laughs> shock? Okay, all right. I'll just process that and move on. Verstappen was given an A star by the fans, the correct grade. <laughs> um, Sergio Perez, uh, he was yeah, yay. I think it's uh, yeah, it's a high B. I, if I said yeah. B, I feel like it's too harsh because he did do 
a good strategy. And I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he did do that on purpose. Yeah, um, I'm going to give so an A. <laughs> Kate is the angry one. I'm I'm the stroppy one apparently. I gave Checo a B. Okay, which yeah, just... you don't care. And uh, the fans. Oh, I've lost him... all my Checo fans. <laughs> no. Fans gave him an A. So uh, yeah, there you go. I think the chat were giving someone a B. I think that might have been Bottas because a bit of a delay. Yeah. Anyway, Lando Nor- B star. That's a new one. <laughs> <B> star. <laughs> uh, Lando Norris. I'm going to give him an A. I think it was a very solid performance. Yeah, I'm going to give him an A as well. I thought it looked like he wasn't really there after qualifying. Yeah. And then when he dropped back and Danny Rick got the better of him at the start and they were battling. Uh, but yeah, he made the strategy work again to just do his Hulkenberg thing of finishing as best he possibly can in a midfield car every single exactly. week, it seems. So yeah, A. I've gone for an A as well. Well done. You'd be glad to know. I love, I love how I was saying doing a Hulkenberg, but Nico never ever got a podium. Yeah, Lando's got podiums and stuff. Crazy. So, yeah. Savage. It's not it's just crazy, isn't it? It's uh, fast. Daniel Ricardo. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's it, tough, it was, isn't it? It was good. It was great to see him, you know, aggressive and making moves, but because he was making moves, because he started P10 from qualifying and he was clearly in a good car and he finished 10 seconds behind Lando. And can I give him the same grade as Lando? I can't. I've gone for B. Yeah. Thank you, Tommy, for coming in with that. You helped me. <laughs> you didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to be the guy. I think it's a high best. B. Yeah, it's a high it's, B. It's, but it's a B star. Yeah, it's a B. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, the fans gave Ricardo an A. So, well, uh, they're going to hate So us. we're cancelled. We are. <laughs> um, Charles Leclerc. He had the, one of the worst races of his career. His second worst finish of all time. Uh, down in P16. <laughs> and he drove Why are you Sauber? laughing, Katie? Just and he drove for Sauber. Seem, are you laughing? Wow. No, I'm not, I'm not laughing at Charles. You're I'm just cancelled. laughing that it's... Sorry. No! <laughs> just that he had such a bad race. It's just so yeah, well, not like him. His demise. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was a, it was a surprise laugh, not a ha-ha-ha in your face laugh. I have to give him a D because he got beaten by Carlos Sainz as well. Yeah, if you're finishing, regardless of how bad your tires are, finishing 16th in a Ferrari, it's a D. Yeah, it's a D as well. Okay, Sorry. and the fans gave him a C. Wow. That's very, fan- very generous, that is. They're more passionate than I am. Uh, <laughs> Carlos Sainz finished P11, I think it was, wasn't it? He was just outside the points. Um, so I think it was P11, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Started fifth. Uh, yeah, started fifth, but tyres were absolutely destroyed. We've actually got a video coming out, F101 coming out today. Not sure which is going out first, so I'm saying that. But either way, look out for it. It's all about how Ferrari were have gone from pole position to out of the points. Uh, let's give them a C. I'll go and see as well. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> to sort of you're going to give me a D, weren't you? I was. I was on, on my sheet as C slash D. That's not helpful. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> the fans gave Leclerc a C and signs a C as well. Sebastian Vettel. Uh, I mean, somehow Aston Martin had a double points finish, which is uh, redonkulous. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think I think a solid B for, for Vettel. Different strategy. Made it happen. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got for C. Mm. I, uh, no, sorry. No, wait, wait. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was, I was going for C and then I just <laughs> realised literally... that we've gone after science. And he got a C for finishing 11th in a Ferrari. Uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> okay, B. I, I yeah, forgot he. I forgot he B. was ninth. Yeah. 
for some yeah. reason in my head that whole midfield is but then I'm like, giving Ricardo the same grade as I'm giving Vettel I don't like ABCDF1 anymore. It's, it's too difficult. Yeah, you, you need we need <laughs> we need more D, letters. D pluses and minuses, <laughs> we but do. we don't. Then then the whole table goes yeah. out the window. Oh. Not that we do the table, an amazing fan does that and sends it over to us. But yeah, uh, yeah. Wait, go for B then. Or yeah, it's a B, yeah. B minus, but B. And the fans gave Vettel a B. Uh, Lance Stroll, I want to give him an A. An A. <laughs> he started like nineteenth and finished tenth. And there were no And he got caught out by a red flag in quali. Um, give him a B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tenth. Oh, that means they've got the deciding vote. Oh, yeah. They did the same strategy, didn't they? They went really long, both of them. I'm just covering my ass here because I know the amount of people on social media that were like, what an unbelievable drive from Lance Stroll. So, I mean, I, really? I agree. I think it was a great drive, yeah. From 19th to 10th, I think that's a... How far was he off, Phil? Let me have a look. So you've got past a... both Williams, both Alphas, both Haas, all of which were pretty crap in a car that was better. He was 12 seconds behind Vettel. Yeah, I'm still... Yeah, he would I'm have gone B. through in qualifying, though. So, but yeah, I'll just go B. Okay, all right, B for Stroll and a B from the fans as well. Uh, Pierre Gasly, uh, he ended up finishing P7. 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 Um, Solid. So a B. Gasly just scores points every week. B. <laughs> it's hard to know with <laughs> Gasly so because I, I've gone for A, but then I'm like, is that a? Is, but is that the pace of the Taurosso that sorry Taurosso? Hello, Crofty. Um <laughs> uh, Alpha Tauri that he should be finishing. Weekend, huh? That he should be finishing there. It's hard to know if like Gasly is actually really up for me because he's got a rookie teammate. It makes it very really easy to grow to know when Gasly does well. Yeah, all exactly. All of a sudden saying you've got a rookie teammate and he's an experienced. And but I yeah, thought for me true. that no Tanoida was going to beat Gasly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really well. Um, <laughs> yeah. I still want to give him an A. I think it's... Yeah. Well, do it. It's your yeah, vote. I'm going for A. Use your, use your words. I'm going to go B. <laughs> Good. All right. So it's completely irrelevant. Who cares what Tommy thinks? Uh, B, uh, the fans gave Gasly a B as well. Yuki Sonoda finished P13, crashed in qualifying. That's a D from me. Yeah, D. Very first e, corner. Maybe an E. I went E. It's e. A I went all out. Yeah, it was First awful. corner of qualifying as well, when you've just had your best, mounted it. best result in Baku. You've, you've kind of got over all the other stuff and like you've had a really good race at a really difficult track where everyone expects you to bin it because it's Baku and you've had a really good result and then you literally bin it in the wall on the very first corner of your first qualifying lap it is yeah not great I think I'll give him it I'll I'll give him a D D I'm sticking with my E Tommy I've gone D of course you're going for a D. Uh, the fans gave Sonoda yeah, a C. went for the C. same grade. A C. <laughs> like, of course people, you gave him a D. People love that pit lane to... 13. 13. Still <laughs> quite a good car. Yeah. yeah, no, that's definitely not. But the fans gave him a C. We gave him a D. Fernando Alonso, he had a pretty strong weekend. Finished P8 in the end. His teammate all the way down in 14th. So uh, I'd give uh, Fernando a solid B. 
I have gone for B for Alonso as well. A B as well. Okay, and the fans gave him a B as well. Lovely. Well done. (laughs) Esteban Ocon finished P14. Had a bit of a stinker. He didn't manage to make Q3. I think it's a D. I mean, finishing 14th in the Alpine Mm. is. I've gone for D. Really poor, especially when you're on a, you should be on a high of your. You're getting three, a new three, contract. Three year contract. And, and probably it's your had home one race. of the worst performances of the year for him. Where And it's your home race. Because the Alpines were, Alpines were looking Alpines. really quick. What am I? Toro Rosso <laughs> Alpine. This ABCDEF1 is just yeah, no, wild. Right. Um, yes, yeah, a D. D. Uh, to be fair to Ocon, Netflix were filming him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, D for you, Katie, as well. D. And C from the fans. The, the fans were feeling very generous after yeah, this race. They're happy after. Right, we're now in the area that we have no idea what happened to any <laughs> of these uh, drivers during the race. Kimi Raikkonen, he finished 17th in the Alfa Romeo. That's a D from me. It, I've gone um, for D as well. So yeah, started 17th, finished 17th. Fans gave him a C. Antonio Giovinazzi <laughs> finished 15th. Uh, I'm going to give him a... CD. <laughs> I mean, he's getting beaten by George Russell and the Williams. It's a D, isn't it? I've given him a C. I'm going to give him a D. I'm going to give him a D. And the fans gave him a C as well. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, George Russell. George Russell finished P12, which was a very lovely race from him, even though didn't really see him the entire race. (laughs) No. And there's no... and the No DNFs. The one race. One race is no DNFs. Unbelievable. That's just... I think that's an A. I think it's 100% an A. An A, yeah. Okay, and the fans gave him an A. Nicholas Latifi, he finished 18th. Get in the bin, D. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got to be at least. Yeah, I wrote C in my notes, uh, but I'd now... How see, yeah, when, when his um, teammate's finishing 12th, yeah, you've yeah. fair point. You don't have to actually get in the bin, Nicholas, I was joking. Uh, it's a D for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for D. See, I would say C because that's kind of... Bless you. Um, <laughs> that's kind of where you would expect them to be in front mute. of both hands. <laughs> I thought I pressed mute because I thought I was going to sneeze and I just didn't mute it. Sorry, Katie. That's all right. I was going to say, he probably, like, finishing 18th is where you would expect them to finish if there were no DNS because that's kind of where Williams are on pace. But then look at George Russell. He's having a great time. So, yeah, I think D's probably a fair score. That's going to So they're feeling very generous. Very generous indeed. Very nice. We gave him a D. Nikita Mazepin, uh, he finished 20th and nearly wiped out his teammate. Although I feel like he's got a I, bit I don't of, think that a lot was of stick that, to that. Yeah. I don't think mm. that was a harsh move. Like, yeah, but that's like, the way a lot of people were talking about it, wasn't it? And even yeah. Mick Schumacher himself in the in an in, a German interview I watched, who was pretty much going at him um and saying, like, you know, these conversations need to be had, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think he really did anything wrong in that particular yeah. maneuver. It's not it's not nothing that you've not it's seen. Not like back a, a, where, uh, it, it's more a kind of it's not a dangerous move, it's just kind of one of those things that a driver like Verstappen or Montoya does where you kind of barge someone out of the way and it's like I'm making this corner and you're going to yeah. get out of the way um, there's nothing wrong with it no, there's just think... not, not enough space um, but he finished last still even after Mick Schumacher uh, fell quite a way behind uh, him after a couple of ex- excursions so D yeah D I think D's fair I mean I will say at least he was the only rookie that didn't put it in the wall during qualifying it's a good thing. That's about, that's about <laughs> his one redeeming <laughs> thing from Eddie, this weekend. Really wins scraping it. the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the fans gave him an F. Shock. Um, 
And finally, Mick Schumacher, he had a bit of a scruffy weekend himself, to mm. be honest, although he, you know, <laughs> qualified P15. <laughs> that's because he binned it in the wall. But then it's a great still... Schumacher master plan. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I still give him a C, I think, because <laughs> as much as it was scruffy, he showed some decent pace at times. So I want to give him a C. Yeah, a C. I guess he, he put it yeah. there on his first run ahead of George Russell <laughs> and a lot of other people. So, yeah. Katie, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, go on then. <laughs> Doesn't matter anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. uh, and the fans gave Mick Schumacher a C as well. Right. Predictions for the French Grand Prix. God damn it. So, two safety cars. That didn't happen. And this one I want half a point off because it was 0.43. No, that's not how it works. What? Come on. No, no. Close but no what? cigar. What about in Q1 There's and Q2, huh? It depends if I'm getting points for uh, Alpine. Right, do you want to do a trade? Um, <laughs> what's mad is not only were there not two safety cars, there wasn't a single yellow flag, I don't think, in the whole race, which is Leclerc and Raikkonen sort of had a prang in the last few laps, but that didn't. I've not watched. I've not watched that yet. I heard some people mentioning that that wasn't even shown on the world feed. It's one of those classic clips that you just see on F1 Instagram afterwards. You're like, when did that happen? To be (laughs) fair, I know a lot of people have slayed the coverage. I think it is difficult when you've got essentially the two best drivers in Formula One having a wheel to a battle for the lead you kind of understand why they're sticking to the leaders, to be fair. Yeah, but over a second, I think they move they move away from it. That should be like threshold. And if it's over a second, which they still lingered on them and thought that the mini boxes was enough. I like the addition of mini boxes and I think it's it's great. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, also at the same time, sometimes have it on the big, the big screen. Uh, I've actually found a loophole. Um, so I said <laughs> Perez 0.5 off Max and Quali, and in Q1, oh no, 0.5. You're so cheeky. Behind. So I'll be taking... That Next point. time you'll say uh, he was zero point five max some points I've got, I... I've got both Alpines in Q, so that's both no. Alpines <laughs> did do qualifying. Uh, I can literally see it says in Q three on my sheet right yeah, now. That's fine. Uh, so, so I'll be taking that point. Thank you so much. And uh, and no DNFs. You'll be taking that point, Tommy. Congratulations. Tenth time in F one history. No DNFs. Wow, that's a big that's it, a big that's, statement. I did not I did big. not realize that that was actually quite a far off. Quite I thought Paul Ricard, this gonna be fine, and then when I saw actually how rare that is that no one dnfs mate i'm pretty sure i'd never done a race rundown without there anyone being there yeah it's weird uh, when was the last time do you know austria 2019 oh was it okay so i have done a race rundown 80. boom straight in yeah well, i've got it written down okay, so. maybe i have done it i just don't remember anyway uh Locked it out your memory Katie, yours. <laughs> i said oh, lando I top five finish Woo-hoo! i love the way you're racing and when it's literally your Hello, prediction for the next race <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> shut up tommy <laughs> Um, so that was good. And also, I'm just going to refer to the chat that we've got in here. People saying that Katie should get points for her top five predictions. So No. no you don't get extra points. What? I'm going to go get half a point for cook it, like cooking, you know, or, or cleaning my <laughs> kitchen. Like It's just irrelevant. I'll get that. Go, not GoFundMe. What's it called? Change.org Oof. petition. Go I'll get that me. on the go Please again. send me points. <laughs> send me money. Okay, so um, and and other yeah. one? My other one was Alfa Romeo and the points again. <laughs> that worked out well. Good one. Uh, fans, Andrew underscore Tyrrell 8. Ha- Hamilton Grand Chalem. <laughs> no. Oh, no. First Annika- ever Max hat trick. Was. Yeah. Is it? Oh. Yeah. 
Aniket P seven three five seven seven nine seven two eight. Uh, Alphatari double DNF. Nope. And D Salafambi Ferrari will be back on the podium somehow. Absolutely Yikes. not. Predictions for champagne Australian. is Ferrari champagne, isn't it? Or sparkling wine or whatever it's called. Yeah, Half a point. It does work. There's <laughs> a loophole. Yeah. Uh, predictions for the Styrian Grand Prix. So I've gone for double points finish for Ferrari after their horrendous weekend uh, in in France, and I've gone for Orlando top five. Nice. Top five. Top five. Moving on. Safe strategy. I Um, need points. Okay. That's it. I need points. It's the thing: is our predictions aren't like Hamilton will win. We we go for no. It has to be crazy. Has to be a little bit crazy. Well, I'm I'm reining it back in for this. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I've gone for. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on a high for no DNFs, and I'm going to uh, regret it. Um, Leclerc top three in qualifying. Why not? And uh, it's going to rain during the weekend, but it'd be a dry race. Do you want to okay. say what you had in there previously, Tommy? Or have you taken it out because you didn't want to jinx it? Oh, Richard right. wins the world title. No. Uh, not, how not he gets disqualified from the title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Points, yeah. yeah, we took that out, though, which is probably safe. If I've he gets points for... now, you're welcome. <laughs> Tommy, yeah. have, Tommy <laughs> just, just before Casey carries on, we haven't got any fans. Uh, in our, we haven't got any fans. We haven't got any fans. We haven't got any fans. I'll get on Twitter very quickly. Uh, I'll, I'll stretch this out. So, Ricardo, that's Daniel yep. Ricardo from Australia, Perth, Australia. He's yep. going to finish ahead of Lando Norris. Who are they? Please give me a full biography rundown on who they are and what they do is for a living. They are racing car drivers. They drive orange cars. They go around these tracks, <laughs> um, sometimes in different continents and different countries and we're kind of uh, finished ahead of Lando. okay all right so let, let's actually dive into that a little bit so you think ricardo is actually going to have a better weekend than lando or do you think lando is going to mess up and allow daniel ricardo a better Ooh. when i still get the points next week if i say this and it's the other way around as in like lando messes up and i've said that he ricardo's just faster just keep stalling, guys. Please Don't nice. worry about okay. it. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. listening to any of that because I just saw the things popping up in the sheet. So, Katie, oh, what, what was the question? I don't know. Let's just stick with that. And then Carlos Sainz, I've said top five in qualifying again. Okay. In qualifying three or in qualifying? <laughs> in the final, yeah, in Q3. Let's okay. go for that. Oh, look, you've, you screwed yourself there. I, at least I opened it up for a loophole. Right. The fans' oh. predictions are in. Shishnul. Shishnul. <laughs> That's why you do this on purpose. <laughs> Perez to get his second Red Bull win. VMP 1978. Rain will bring chaos with 10 laps to go. That's very specific. And I like Formula One with at least one Red Bull Alpha Tauri mechanical failure during the race. There you go. Lovely. Well done, Tommy, for that very quick turnaround. We do have fans. They're here watching right now. Thank you so much, Team WTF (laughs) members, for watching this live podcast. If you want to join and watch it live yourself and other many amazing benefits, then please do join Team WTF1 down in the description. If you want to get involved, just normally, hashtag WTF1 podcast for any of your thoughts, opinions, questions, etc. And how wrong Tommy is with just most things. And... uh, (laughs) Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, Casey, final thoughts? Well done, France. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's getting worse every week, isn't I it? I can't Good think of anything. Lord. Tommy, final thoughts? Um, uh, oh, oh. Abu Dhabi. Changing oh, yeah, the track. That's exciting. If we just couldn't ask for any more in 2021, what a... Yeah, hopefully you know it works. Have you, seen, have you seen the things? I'll do a little, I'll do a little mock-up. And put it on Insta for people who want to see what it is. Yeah. Um, but what are they changing? So the chicane, get rid uh, of it. They they Change are straight. Uh, well, no, because you can't. Because remember, we mentioned they built the 
um Grandstands? The grand the grandstands and the roller coaster are too close, so you can't. Act, they have to slow the cars down there, so that's why the chicane's there. What in case they go into a roller coaster? Well, in case they <laughs> go into the wall, there's not enough runoff. They they can't be going at that speed into that corner that's, in case the brakes fail. Okay. Um. So instead, they're doing a hairpin, pretty much before that um chicane. So there's going to be a hairpin there, and then this is the weird one. So yes to that. But then I'm not sure about this other one because main straight, chicane, main straight, and then that other kind of chicane, double chicane, um, where there's normally quite a bit of overtaking. They're doing like... Right, left, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a rounded kind of hairpinny banked corner, a bit like Barcelona, where they changed it to have no braking zone. Um, There. So whether that's going to keep the cars closer, maybe that's the idea behind it. We'll see. But at least they're trying something. Fair play to them. If Good final it. thoughts. That's the so best final have... thoughts Tommy's ever had, I think. Yeah, we, have, we have Katie going, well done, France. <laughs> and Tommy giving some great insight into some news that's come out. Katie, have you decided to change your final thoughts? Um, no, you haven't. No. <laughs> good Lord. That's just... Terrible. I promise I'll come up with really good final thoughts in Austria. Okay. Austria, well, whatever yeah. you want to call Write it. Write some notes. Yeah. I will I'll make notes. That time, so is it the Styrian Grand Prix the first one? Yeah, it yeah. is. That, Very strange. That, what and the second one's Austrian? Oh, I have a final thought. It's yeah. W series this week. So give it a chance. It's on after Where? Formula One qualifying. Oh, okay. The first race of the season. Yeah, oh, first okay. race. Cool. There you go. That's it's, my final thought. It's been out for a, Thank you, Katie. a year and Thank you. a bit. <laughs> is the broadcast mm-hmm. any better? Have they made the actual broadcasting a bit better? Is it I guess it's through is it the same as Formula One now in the sense of the I way it's so, yeah. produced, be, hopefully, because be... I remember tuning in when it first came out, and it was horrendous, like the actual like they graphic overlays. And and stuff, so oh, the graphic overlays where every yeah. driver had the same color, and you couldn't tell who's who. Yeah, they changed that. Strange. It is, it is better. Okay, cool. All right, well, we'll give it a shot. And uh, anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for watching, listening. Give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever you want to do. Positive feedback, you know, we de- we deserve it. Subscribe if you're new, and of course, check out the <laughs> WTF1 Clubhouse. Check out Team WTF1. Check out the channel. Check out everything because. Uh, it's all fantastic. Tommy, Katie, it. thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.